Hey, hey, it's your girl KV. And Celine. And we are back with another episode of the Hood Health Report. So this week we are going to talk about something very specific to our hometown of Memphis. Mm -hmm. And that being the Bihelia pipeline that they are going back and forth with, basically. And the Bihelia pipeline is, <coughs> excuse me. The Bahelia Pipeline is proposed by Plains All-American Pipeline and Valero Energy Corporation as a 49-mile oil pipeline through southwest Memphis neighborhoods such as Boxtown. But the problem with this is this is a predominantly black community. And, you know, people, people have some, some things to say about that. Things to say, feelings, you know, a lot of things go into when they start deciding when they want, where they want to build a pipeline and how it will impact Memphis in all. That's the reason why the first article we're gonna cover is just talking about how this pipeline would, you know, impact Memphis in general. So like you mentioned, uh, the way they're trying to set up the pipeline, it would run through predominantly black communities, one of those being Boxtown. So a little bit of back history on that. It was named after formerly enslaved people who used scrapes of wood and metal to train boxcars to build their homes. So it has like a lot of history for black people in the area already as far as, you know, things that they've had to overcome to even get the land. And now, in a sense, the land is basically almost being forced out of their hands. Um, it's very sad and yeah, it, it will, it definitely will impact Memphians and people around the area who definitely have like, you know, ties to the city. So one of the main points <clears throat> that people that are opposed to the pipeline are worried about is the fact that Memphis, our water system, mm -hmm. we use underwater aquifers. So a pipeline running close to our water aquifers could literally just pollute our water, our water, um, Sources. Our water sources. Mm -hmm. Okay, I guess mm -hmm. it over. And then as far as even the drinking water supplies, they're not just cutting it close. They're they're running over some of those protected those areas. Protection zones. Yeah, those protection zones are definitely going to be areas where they're going to be building the pipeline super close to or directly over the area. And MLG and W has established a wellhead protection zone that was supposed to or it's set up to guard those areas in the Memphis area already from the pipeline being, you know, created. Mm -hmm. And the crude oil, if you don't know, it contains a lot of cancer-causing agents. Mm -hmm. So the presence of it is already bad for the community and the people nearby. But if it was to contaminate our water source, it would be even worse for not just the people in that community, but anybody that uses that water and has access to that water and that would be include all of Shelby County. Mm -hmm, so that, mm -hmm. that's something that they we definitely would be, you know, concerned about or would have a huge impact on Memphis. Even with that being said, not only the area as far as the building the pipeline, they already have air pollution pollution in that area mm -hmm. from other things like the airport area and all those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, it's <coughs> it's just like they're adding mm -hmm. on to the already mm -hmm. the issues that we have in that community. Yeah, so Southwest Memphis neighborhoods have always been targeted for mm -hmm. these unsafe practices. Like we said, it is a predominantly black community and we know how history goes, how mm -hmm. 
government and corporations will prey on that land of black people because they find it easier to, you know, take over. And so this area that we're speaking of, a 2013 study identified the area as an air pollution hotspot mm -hmm. due to the Valero station, the airport, all of the different things in that area. And I know for me personally, if you're driving down the street, you can smell it. You, yeah, you I can smell it as soon as you get to a certain point. For me, um, like down Shelby Drive, you yeah, can smell you know it in the mean. air. Like you know that you're entering this hot zone, and mm -hmm. that's how you know. You know, this is coming up on those black neighborhoods. This is coming up on the area where those corporations put everything that can pollute. You know, the most in these areas. So, a cumulative cancer risk was four times higher than the national average when they did the air quality check for that area. So, it's, it's, it's intense. So, to know that they're trying to still put more things out there, mm -hmm. it's, very, it's very scary for mm -hmm. those people in the community and nearby, especially since we're living in a time where it's not so easy to get up and move. Well, it's never been easy for people to just get up and move for something like that. But in a time where housing market rates are what they are, to push these people out of their community is just, it's just bad all around because they don't have options and it could force people into homelessness. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, a lot of the um, community are in that area that land was given to them, or mm -hmm. it's like, it's been passed down. That's all they really have. Mm -hmm. um, there's an article that we're gonna talk about that, but before I even hit on that one, I want to also mention that I read that the box town was 99% black people. So like the whole community is a black community. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really no, nobody outside of, uh, of us. Like an Asian. Yeah, <laughs> like one person, maybe like well, the, the, own, no, the owner of the company don't even live there. He just uh, probably drives not. back Absolutely and forth. not. But, probably um, live in Mississippi. Right, somewhere. right. So it's just, it really just like hits home for people like for us. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, mm -hmm. dang, you know, that for it to be our community and it to be affecting us and the fact that they're so bent on putting it there or like running it through those neighborhoods. Um, it, it's alarming. And they said, all, even though, you know, the underwater, underground aquifer has all of these sand levels mm -hmm. and protection levels, they've also seen that it's been some cracks or cracks some breaches, yeah. holes and leaks within that system. So mm -hmm. it could easily be contaminated. So to put an oil pipeline there, it's just, it's just not smart thinking at all. We've seen pipelines burst over the years and we've seen what it's done to communities, the amount of money that it takes to, to remediate, which we'll get to later, but it's just a bad idea all around. And it's really sad that they take advantage of these dis, dis, um, disadvantaged communities mm -hmm. and force them out of their land. Yeah, they also mentioned it being the point of least resistance. And I did not like that. that. Made me so I, I don't like mad. that at all because it just reminded me of when we were even talking about uh, water in our last season. Mm -hmm. They were talking about like you know Jackson and stuff like that. What is? What are you trying to say? Like just right. just say what you want to say. The least resistance, the least resistance. is it because these this population already has like a, a harder upcoming, so they don't really have much to fight for. And then it's like when you start speaking on that, you you also start mentioning like risk of being homeless and stuff like that. The prices that they're asking for to take their land is, is pennies, yeah. It's little, little to nothing for something that they're trying to build that's gonna make the company millions and millions of dollars. Yes. It's insane. 
And these companies have had a long history mm -hmm. of pipe leaks. Mm -hmm. Plains All-American experienced 10 oil spills between 2004 and 2007, which totaled over 250,000 gallons of oil. Mm -hmm. And that's just one company. A 2015 California oil spill nearly cost them $400 million to clean up the oil, cover damages to the natural resources, and to fund settlements and fines. So they're still doing restoration on the area six yeah. years later. Six years later, like that is crazy. $400 million in six years to clean up an oil spill and they just wanna casually put one near our water source. Yeah. It's just wild that people are able to even propose these things to me. And the thing is, the spills can occur for any amount of reasons. It could be something faulty with construction, um, defective materials, poor maintenance, um, any activity, someone simply digging somewhere that they're not mm -hmm. supposed to be digging. Which brings me to another major point that doesn't make sense for us to do it. Seismic activity. Yes. We are on a fault line here in Memphis. Hello? Drilling and digging for an oil pipeline <laughs> could literally <laughs> be the end of a lot of what we know as Memphis because we sit on a fault line. Yeah. So we're on the New Madrid seismic zone and it is the most seismically active area in the central and eastern U.S. So that was crazy to me because a lot of people don't even know that we live on a fault line mm -hmm. here in Memphis. I didn't know it until... I felt one. I felt one. That's what I was telling my husband the other day. Maybe when I was like, let's see. It had to be high school because I remember being at church when it happened. So yeah. I'll say like 2005 maybe, 2005, 2006 time. And we were at church and it literally felt like a semi-truck ran into the church building. Like, stuff wasn't necessarily falling off of the walls, but like we could feel a tremble and feel stuff it. on the wall and on the shelves were absolutely shaking. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I just thought like, damn, did a semi-truck run into the building? Like, what happened? Wasn't until I got home later on looking at the news where they were like, yeah, we experienced an earthquake today. If and you like, experience me? an earthquake, it's, it's like a feeling that you can't really explain. Like, mm -hmm. I was like, I was just in shock. I think I was just sitting there like, oh my gosh, mm. like, what is this like? And just imagine if it was something uh, like a, a one of those ones that's more, mm -hmm. you know, a stronger earthquake. Mm. Was it is the, the Richter? The, is it yeah, the Richter, Richter scale? Yeah. If it was just a like a little bit up on the Richter scale, like we would have had some serious damage. So it's just very wild to me that aside from the water source, we're on a fault line mm -hmm. and you guys still want to drill and put this pipeline here. Yeah, at all places for what for your own benefit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Next article. Yeah, you can start it. You said you want to start. You want to start. You got a question. Okay. Now, right? Oh yeah, I do have a question. So, um, the next article is going to talk more about like landowners. So the the big question with that is what is happening to landowners and how are they being affected by the Bahalia pipeline? Like I said, or we've been saying, it's a predominantly black community with 99% of the population being black residents. Uh, this article specifically talks about, you know, landowners and how the companies try to like use scare, in my opinion, scare tax mm -hmm. tactics to get them to just go ahead and sign away rights to their land. And when that doesn't happen, then they'd start to get the court system and stuff of that mm. nature involved because most of these people don't have the money, you know, to, to mm -hmm. afford to go to court or to argue with them. They get like 
frustrated or not really, don't really understand like right. the system they're mm -hmm. calling their phones constantly like hey they get fatigued they do being harassed. They, they're harassing them they're calling them multiple times a day um i, I saw an article, a part of the article where a lady was just basically saying she was sick they were they made her um they made her say that she needed to come to talk to them to sign over mm -hmm. the a certain amount or if she didn't then it was going to be uh something more to happen to her so she just ended up going right before she even went to the hospital they didn't care necessarily about the fact that she was what mm -hmm. she was going through it, it's just like really heartbreaking um to to think of that's how they're attacking the neighborhoods in that area and the a very interesting part about this article for me was i didn't realize that this neighborhood this box town was annexed from the city of Memphis in mm. the 60s. So the residents had to organize to demand that the city extend essential services like plumbing, water lines, bus routes. Yeah. And now the area is surrounded by industrial facilities such as this Valero oil refinery that's trying to have this pipeline mm -hmm. connection through the neighborhood. So that was the crazy part for me. Like it was annexed from the city, but now you're trying to take it over as, oh, now it's the city and we can do eminent well, domain yeah. over it and basically say, we need this land to better our cause. So the government will allow us to take it from you. Yeah. Basically, you even if you don't want to sell your home, eminent domain allows them to- Just come and take the Just land. come and take it just because they can try to prove that it's for the good the of better, the society yeah, or the betterment community. of the community mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. it, it also mentioned like that this legal legal battle over this pipeline has become a national conversation about the environmental justice in the in in, in domain um a right that the government does use to seize the private property of public of private property for the public use and that is this the reason this is such an issue is because that's becoming more of a increasing thing with these oil and gas companies they use they use that that law to just basically be able to take private land and use it for their betterment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah they've been using eminent domain extensively to take over black communities for these reasons mm -hmm. i actually also saw an article earlier <clears throat> there will probably be another episode later on where they're now doing it in tennessee with black farmers mm -hmm. they're trying to stake in the domain over their properties as well so it's extensively used for taking over these minority neighborhoods and i feel like somebody should challenge and get this thrown out because it's just truly just it's un it, it's it's egregious to it just is. be able to go take somebody's land knowing that there really isn't any other place around that they could afford. Like they did this and another way that they get it, they pay off the, the, the property taxes. Mm -hmm. If they know that the half the, the neighborhood is behind on property taxes, they go down and pay those property taxes. So when they're forcing people out of their homes, they can say, well, I've already basically put down a down payment yeah. to get this land. So they couldn't pay the property taxes, so they was going to have to leave eventually anyway. anyway yeah. So, which is another, like, it's preying upon the disadvantaged community. Yeah, and at this point, there has been at least 10 families who have already lost or stand to lose their property in those neighborhoods. If they refuse, the company um, will just use the that that eminent domain power to you know try to take over that land and developers in the federal government have been using this to take a black black communities for a long time so this is the 1930s yeah, yeah and it just continues to show like 
the, the, uh, how pe black people lose land and also the racial wealth gap as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And they're taking the land to like build highways, mm -hmm. public housing projects, things of that nature. It's not like they're gonna put up a grocery store for the neighborhood because it's a food desert. It's yeah. never anything that benefits the community. That's already there. In particular, right. Mm -hmm. It's always to get those people out to do something that could bring in more money yeah. for them. So that's the part where it gets very sticky. Mm -hmm. And then like, not that I agree with what they're doing, because I don't obviously, but I did read also the reason why the companies feel as though, or some people feel as though, I'm, I mostly I just feel like it's mostly white people who have uh, that would like it. Mm -hmm. They say that it would bring in business. You know, they'll be able to have some 500, 600 people come to the community to be able to work on the pipeline, or they'll be able to, you know, create jobs mm -hmm. for people. They love like, saying that. Yeah, but like they're, they're never gonna employ the people that they're Yeah, in yeah, yeah. No. So not it's like, at who all. are you bringing these jobs to? You're just gonna bring your people from other places yeah. to these jobs. You're not gonna actually benefit the community. community the community gets no benefits from anything that's happening in this situation in my opinion mm -hmm. and another thing this article touched on i don't know if you guys remember justin j pearson he was one of the tennessee three that you know mm -hmm. uh, went down there about the gun violence thing he <clears throat> he co-founded memphis community against the pipeline a grassroots group fighting the pipeline in court so he's one of the front runners on making sure that this pipeline does not happen and making sure that the citizens know our rights and we can band together to vocalize this and let the community know, let the let the government and let these corporations know that we're here we're not the path of least resistance yeah. you know what i mean so I, I truly appreciate it seeing that. Like, okay, yeah. okay, he's he's so, really really somebody, out here. Somebody's really working for the people. Really, really <laughs> out here. But meanwhile, energy citizens, petroleum lovers, have launched campaigns in support of the pipeline. Mm -hmm. Like she said, claiming that it'll bring new jobs, but the residents fear that their property value will decrease. And they know it will, mm -hmm. but they love to say that that's not the case. But it's like you're, you're mm -hmm. it happens. You're mm -hmm. in an area where you have. Poor, uh, poor air pollution already. Then you have possible leaks. There mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as we stated, the developer. So as we stated, the developers essentially harassed the residents into lowballing them for mm -hmm. their properties, since they could essentially just sue them. Mm -hmm and they would get less than what they were offering anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's how they got a lot of people to sign it over because they were like, well, if we take you to court, you're gonna be getting a third of, of what, what we offering you now. So you need to just sign these papers. Right. And these people not you know, having lawyers to call on immediately to be like, hey, is this correct? Is this how this goes? They just see themselves like, well, dang, I might as well get the money that I can get to get my next home versus you know, it getting to all of this. and. Um, yeah, it's it's really sad. I can remember in public health school, the first go round, we had a project where we had to, I can't remember the name of the system just right now, but we had to look up our area code in the system. We had to do that too. The, um, if, it was like air, um, I, I know the air pollution to see if it was any factories, what the quality mm -hmm. of our built environment was because of the corporations around mm -hmm. it. And it's very interesting because I found 
stuff that I didn't even know was in the area mm -hmm. that could be having an effect on our air, our water, you know, Risk noise cancer, levels. All those things, Everything. environmental stress, all mm -hmm. that. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 So essentially, um, as you guys know, a couple of years ago, they did get the plans dropped. Mm -hmm. By Hell they released this statement. Bihelia Connection LLC announced that it is no longer pursuing the Bihelia Connection construction project, primarily due to the lower U.S. production resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic. So since people weren't driving to work and doing all these things because of COVID, they were like, oh, I guess we don't need all that extra oil now. Right. But because of that, I'm noticing well, if, if it was because of COVID and not because of anything else, are they gonna be trying to start it back up soon? So that's why it's very, very important to still have this episode, even though technically the plans for the pipeline has been dropped because they could easily pick At it any up moment. any day now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially with them saying COVID mm -hmm. is ending and stuff of that nature. Mm -hmm. It's just like one of those things where, you know, they might go back and be like, oh, this is a great idea now. Mm -hmm. People have gotta go back to work. Exactly. So, we touched on it a little bit, but this next article goes into it a little bit more about how the Bahalia pipeline will affect uh, Memphian's health. Mm -hmm. And I know we've already talked about like air pollution and, you know, brown water uh, leaks and stuff of that nature that might cause like cancer if, if they was to actually get into our system. There also would be like possible reproductive effects and birth mm -hmm. defect, if, no, defects as well. Um, they said that the, well, the EPA data shows that the refinery has the highest volume among Shelby County facilities of a source of point of emission for hazardous air pollutants. Mm -hmm. So that's something also that we should be aware of in the release of carcinogens and chemical compounds associated with cancer would also be something that you know, would be on a rise, even though those things are already um, affecting the area. Mm -hmm. On top of that, the trans, um, transportation accounts for major, uh, a major share of all the air pollution um, in the area, because we have the oil refinery, the airport, mm -hmm. uh, the steel, steel mills, mills, power plants. Um, so nearly all of this in that one black neighborhood in South Memphis. Mm -hmm. And there was also an excerpt about public health professionals at the University of Texas had concluded that the proximity to an oil refinery was definitely associated mm -hmm. with an increased risk of multiple cancer types. So the study said that 6.3 million adults of those who live in a 10 miles of the refinery versus living 20 to 30 miles away. So I think this information is very important and this should be included when people talk about the opposition for this pipeline because mm -hmm. Again, the disadvantaged people have already had to deal with this refinery being there. Now you want to, you know, beef it up and make it even more poisonous, essentially, for the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Also, I, I read um, in the article, it was just talking about how it's more than just environmental justice. It goes beyond that. It's, it's like, what's the word I'm looking for when it's... Institutionalized? No. Racism? Racism. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. That's what yeah. I want to say. Then, it, it, yeah, so it's beyond environmental justice. It turns into institu into, ugh, into 
Insta. Insta. Institutionalized <laughs> racism. Jeez, to give me a second. But when I when I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, that is true. Because even when they're mentioning stuff like least resistant, they they wouldn't. If this was a different area, let's say the 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 oil refinery had been a little bit closer to like Carryville or mm -hmm. East, there there would be no conversation about them actually dropping it there. Mm -hmm. Whereas since this is that area, they're like, oh, okay, this is not already going to affect that many people. Or if it does affect people, you know. Not who the is, ones that we, Yeah, about. not the people <laughs> that really matter. Mm -hmm. That's how they feel. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Next article. Mm -hmm. So now activists are worried that the Bihelia Pipeline project will be revived. In this next article, which was a pretty short article, Tennessee lawmakers are considering a bill that environmental activists say would make it easier to build the pipeline despite local opposition. The project was canceled, like I said, in July 2021, but there, since then there's been a House bill that's been introduced that could reverse mm -hmm. the reversal. Mm -hmm. So that's House Bill 2246 or 2246. And that bill was introduced in January, and they're calling it for a study of current infrastructure for, of utilities operated in the state, including pipelines or transmission lines used to produce or distribute a source of energy such as gas or oil to determine what improvements to the infrastructure are needed to attract development and investment to this state. Um, <sighs> I had to take a deep breath for that one because I'm like, that's a lot to uh, to take to, to put to put out there. Um, that's all I have on that article. Yeah, me too. Okay. So this next article, which is a very important one to mention, which we don't see people talk about, mm -hmm. we've already had a major leak near the source of where this pipeline is proposed. Mm -hmm. So back in 2020, an 800 gallon leak of crude oil and 10 pounds release of benzene occurred near the desired site for the Bihelia pipeline. <clears throat> Mind you, these are cancer causing agents being and they released know that. <laughs> out. 10 pounds into the year, 800 gallons out onto the, onto the soil and things. And they say that they, Although they, they recovered it all, it was all mm -hmm. recovered on site. But my thing is this, like I said, the soil, that's, it could leak into the soil. So mm -hmm. you can't tell me that this crude oil, 800 gallons of crude oil spilled out onto the place. And, and nothing, there's no side effects There's no side effects from it. We just, we just swept the oil up. It's fine. Yeah. We just swept it up. It didn't, it, didn't go, it didn't seep into anything. It didn't seep into this dirt, this ground, no buildings, you know, nothing like that. It was, no, you won't even know that it was there, you guys. So that's the wild part for me. And records show that the automated monitoring system did not detect the leak. Right. And that it attributed to the corrosion in the carbon steel facility piping. So not only do the mechanisms that you claim you have in place did not work. They, they failed at detecting this leak before it got too serious. It also caused it in mm -hmm. a sense. So I think that alone mm -hmm. should make everybody go back to the drawing board. Make everybody sit there and be like, well, is this really feasible? Does this make sense? Is another leak imminent? You know, if we do this, so yeah. Yeah, um, I can't remember the exact number, but I want to say it was like, it only works 11% mm. the 
but it, I forgot what you just said. The automated yeah. monitoring system. Yeah, it only worked. It's only worked in eleven percent of leaks. Y'all, y'all need to start 11%. there. Let's just let's just start there. Let's work on that before we start trying to build another pipeline. Let's just, why would you yeah. even put a system in? That it doesn't even work the, half the, the time. The, the, not even half the time. Not even a quarter of the time. Not even a quarter of the time does this actually do what you said it's going to do. Yeah. You might as well just have people that go out and examine it. If exactly. that's the case, they can have... That's how I feel about you it. You might as well have humans in there. Right. So they spent $950,000 on an emergency response, and the repairs were over $1,000 as far as environmental remediation. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that they completely remediated, because like I said, this is a, a, a community that they really don't care about. We've mm -hmm. already got all of these things happening, so they probably didn't even go through all of the steps where, you know, these neighborhoods in California, where they've been working for six years mm -hmm. to recover this stuff, they probably didn't even go through all of those steps for the environmental remediation, mm -hmm. because they know the pollution is already present. So right. there's that. But yeah, Super about a million dollars. And they, a million dollars, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Residents and politicians are concerned about the thousands of pipeline incidents and how this would affect the black community. Like I said, especially with the recent water crisis that's been happening in Flint, in Jackson, Mississippi, this is a threat to our water system it is. as well. It is. definitely is. Of course, anything else you want to add about that one? Mm, nope. You can get into the last oh, article. Okay. Nope, nope, nope. So, I have a question for you. It's just a statement. How do you feel about the statement, Any, anything man-made eventually breaks? I mean, I think anything, period, eventually breaks. Nothing is really built to last a lifetime. Mm -hmm. That's just what it is. Like, we don't have the tools to build something to last a lifetime. We. Mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to know if it lasted a lifetime. So, yeah, yeah, definitely, I agree with that. And the reason why I say that, I also agree, I don't think anything is made to last. Like, I, I do feel like maybe years ago, they built stuff for it to last longer, yeah. But now it's just like a quick fix type thing. Say, yeah. So with this pipeline, if they were to ever create it or go back to the drawing boards of creating the pipeline to run through, we know for a fact that they are, we already have leaks. Y'all have not figured out a system to stop the leaks from happening. So eventually we would have some kind of a fallout from the pipeline being built. Mm -hmm. If that is the case, then why would you want to go ahead and put so many people at risk to build this? Mm -hmm. um, the article, this last article that we're going to talk about was just basically talking about Biden and how he reversed Trump's Keystone XL pipeline, mm -hmm. which a lot of people were very, uh, you know, excited and happy about because that was one of the things that he vowed to do. Mm -hmm. And he went ahead and did it as soon as he got into office. And that was just to stop the crude oil pipeline proposal for the Native American environmental groups uh, that they had fought for for years. And Biden did make good on that promise in an executive order that he signed after, well, after like hours after being mm -hmm. sworn in. And the pipeline's proposed path doesn't travel, well, it didn't, it never traveled on Native American reservations, but in several cases, it was like straddling those Very lanes. Close. Yeah, and it ran close or crossed over in multiple water sources. Mm -hmm. 
and the people of the, the land would rely on that water source. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if he was able to, you know, reverse that one, um, I do think like they need to look into more of these pipelines that they're trying to build and, and just try to protect as many people as possible. I know it's different with like Native Americans because they, they, they have like, you know, things set up with like reservations mm -hmm. and stuff. I mean, yeah, with those reservations and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And I can recall, I think, was it the Dakota pipeline that they actually mm -hmm. did build through the Native American line? I think that's the right one. And I can recall, I know it was years ago, but the Native Americans were fighting it, fighting it, fighting it, mm -hmm. and they still built the pipeline through. And it felt like immediately after mm -hmm. they built this pipeline, there was a leak. Mm -hmm. Like immediately after. I don't even think it had been a couple years before this pipeline leaked and there was just oil all on the reservation just destroying mm. the natives land so yeah. it's definitely a serious issue Very it's definitely serious. something that has to be paid more attention to and as you see they, they always take the minority groups mm. they're they're not put, they're just taking our our land to just because they know that they can they know that it'll be easier yeah. than going into the predominantly white neighborhoods because they're going to they're gonna try to fight it, and mm -hmm. there's a reason why they fight it. So that's that's my whole thing too. With with even the conversation, of course they're gonna, of course anybody would want to fight it. You mm -hmm. know that these things are causing cancer. You know that these things are gonna affect the community. So the fact that y'all know that enough to always put it in those predominantly, you know, environments where people aren't able to fight for themselves, it just showcases that y'all y'all know the evils that y'all are doing. Exactly. Exactly. And it reminds me of the movie. Have you ever seen the movie? I know it's pretty old. Aaron Brockovich. No, I haven't seen it, but I'll watch it. So it was from <laughs> my favorite white lady back then, Julia Roberts. I like it. She was in this movie um, as Aaron Brockovich, and basically something similar was happening. They were trying to put like a new gas company or something mm -hmm. in the neighborhood, and she was fighting it. She went door to door, making sure she collected phone numbers, and you know, got with groups, and even tailored her job to that like okay well i'm gonna find a job in whatever like the clerk's office so that i can have this information firsthand so that she could you know build up her team to fight this yeah. and i think she ended up I, she ended up getting breast cancer in the end because of it mm -hmm. or somebody around like we saw the, the immediate effects of what Being something there. like this could do so i always think of that movie when i think about environmental injustice even though it was a white lady mm -hmm. it's like the only thing we really have mainstream that shows this 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 problem mm -hmm. so it's definitely something to look at and make sure that you guys are informed about this especially if you're in the memphis and surrounding areas yep. if you're not you can still be informed about it and inform others or make sure that something like this isn't happening in your neighborhood mm -hmm. yeah I agree. Mm -hmm. So, guys, that is a wrap. I don't have to say it. Right. Oh, I thought right. you had to we say it. Just say this the end of the episode. Yeah, because <laughs> I thought you said that. Do you want me to still do it, or how do we do this? Just, just go ahead and say it. Okay. We don't need it. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay, guys. This is a wrap. Um, we'll see y'all. In our next episode, we hope you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Our Facebook and Instagram and TikTok is Hood Health Report, and our Twitter is Hood Health Pod. Thanks and bye-bye.